0: you are locked on indians your daily cleveland indians podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day hello indians fans and welcome to locked on indians i'm your host jeff ellis formerly the 24 7 formerly of scout now all of locked on Today's show, I'm recording on the 31st, so we're going to take a moment, and it's been a year. Let's talk about the Clevenger trade. We're going to discuss the minor roster moves, why they did what they did in terms of catcher promotions. And then we'll talk some of a game in progress. Uh, school is starting for me. That does mean that uh, some of these games are going to be kind of follow, uh, talk about the next day more than the day immediately after. It just the way these things line up. Timing wise, I'm just giving you the warning now. Uh, hopefully, once my co hosts can take over and do their own show twice weekly, uh, that will alleviate some of the issue in terms of that. But without much ado, or further ado, I should say, on the 31st last year, the Cleveland Indians traded Mike Clevenger in a deal that at the time was panned by many. Uh, you know, they traded Clevenger and Greg Allen for six players. Okay. They also later gave up uh, Matt Waldron, I want to say, the from Nebraska, day three selection, a uh, senior sign for those six players. Uh, the thing with Clevenger and Allen was that open two forty 40 40-man spots because they immediately had to move Quantrell and uh, why am I having a blank uh, nailer onto the 40-man? So how does it look? So a year later, after this trade, uh, Mike Clevenger pitched 19 innings in 2020 for the Padres, four starts for 19 innings. They're paying him $3.5 million this year. They traded for him with a thought process. They'd get him for the postseason and then two more years. They did not get him for hardly anything uh, in 2020. 2021, he's been hurt with Tommy John, has not pitched at all. So instead, they're going to get one year of Clevenger Uh, And we'll have to see where he is mechanically in a year. Tommy John can really mess with control and command for pitchers. But as of now, you know, and and then due to that injury, they'd go out and make other trades for uh, additional pitching. And they're still beat up and missing pitching right now. But they went out and added Blake Snell. They went out and added Joe Musgrove. They went out and added Hugh Darvish. And, you know, they had their own, uh, what, Lamette was, uh, you know, a Cy Young candidate for them in his own right. Um, Kenzie Gore was, you know, the number one pitching prospect in baseball. They had all of this pitching. Uh, Chris Paddock, haven't talked about him. You know, he was their heir apparent two years ago, and said this is a team that uh, is running out guys like Jake Arrieta after he's been let like, go by multiple squads. It's been rough for them. Uh, Snell and Musgrove have pitched very well. Paddock's been okay. Darvish has been solid. Uh, after that, it's just been, you know, health. Uh, Lament's had Lamet has had a forearm inflammation. He's been out since June. Clevenger didn't pitch at all this year. Like I said, they've gone for Arietta, uh, Adrian Morijan also had Tommy John, not that he was a guy who was going to start for them. And that's just their uh, starting pitchers who were hurt. Uh, Michael Baez, who was one of their top prospects, one of the few prospects they didn't trade, also had Tommy John back in March. Jose Castilla, who they got from Tampa, Tommy John. Uh, you can keep going. Drew uh, Pomeranz, who signed a free agency. Uh, torn flexor tendon. Matt Strom, who was supposed to be a guy who could relieve or possibly start for them. He's been out with knee inflammation since the middle of the month. Uh, it's They're just beat up, and a lot of the young players have not stepped forward as they had hoped. Uh, going through I'm just trying to get to their starting pitchers. Mackenzie Gore, it was a rough debut for him. He went from, you know, consensus, consensus top five prospect. To I see now, like on band graphs he's at like twenty six. Uh, and this is a team where the the farm system is uh, weak. It is taking such hits through all of this trade, all of these trades, I should say. That uh, you know, that's a big trade too uh, for San Diego where they are right now. Because you look at the San Diego team, uh, Naylor, if he doesn't get hurt. I don't know if he's necessarily an upgrade over their options in the outfield, if we're being 100% honest, but Cal Quantrell has pitched better this year than Darvish, Musgrove, or Snell. Uh, that's, that, no. you know, Musgrove's been really good of late, but overall war, uh, we had that tweet from Nathan I mentioned on Monday's show, uh, Quantrell's been excellent. He's been just utterly phenomenal. I pulled up his baseball savant data to talk about Average exit velocity, 81st. Hard hit, 83. Barrel, 74. Guys are having a hard time making contact. Chase, 66. Fastball velocity, 70. His fastball spin and curve spin actually aren't all that great. His whiff percentage isn't that high. His K percentage isn't that high. But contact is hard uh, against him. and, And people aren't making hard contact. And he's been a revelation for the Indians. He is going to get down the line. Cy Young votes. Like third or fourth place votes. And... This is a player who couldn't even start the year in the rotation for the Indians. He was kind of, you know, the next guy up for them. And we in those early starts, it was the debate if, if it was going to happen, how things were going to go. And he's just gotten better and better and better. So, you know, obviously, Cal Quantrill alone for, I mean, two and a, even if, if Clevenger hadn't been hurt, what Quantrell has done this year and what he projects to do over, what, five more years of team control... Uh, makes that deal a win. Then let's talk about the other pieces. Austin Hedges has his issues, but he's a serviceable catcher on a team that, you know, Roberto Perez has made a tissue paper. Uh, He can't stay healthy. Uh, Wilson Ramos, we'll talk about him. I mean, he tore his ACL. They were going to him. Their depth is so thin at catcher right now. They called a guy up from Lake County. Again, we'll talk about that more in segment two. as talk about some of the roster moves. But that's what they are. And having Hedges, at least you know he calls a good game. He's got a strong arm. He's a good defender. Teammates like him. He, he can pull his weight, even if offensively he's a mess. He can pull his weight defensively enough that he is valuable. And he is the the least valuable part of that trade, arguably. Uh, should we talk about the player I thought was number one for the Indians in terms of value? Gabriel Arias, who skipped double A. How many players do that? And then went on to lead double, being in the top 10 in all of AAA and multiple offensive categories, at the age of 21, uh, he's got to be a top three prospect in that system. I don't see a way that you can. I, if you're sitting there, you know, talking about comparing him with like George Valera, it's like, well, Valera is a year younger and doing it in High A. Arias is doing it in AAA. Well, Ty Freeman, Freeman is older than him and doing it in Double A. Arias is doing it in AAA. <laughs> Nolan Jones. Well, Arias played better than him. One can make the legitimate case he's the top prospect, as you know Pat said on the show, but he's at least top three and has, I mean, I think he's exceeded expectations in terms of performance. Naylor, we really don't know. Let, let's be honest, he was looking like a potential league average bat. Uh, this outfield is still such a mess that, I mean, that had value, a league average bat. We don't know what's gonna happen. I mean that was such a gruesome injury, he's kind of a question mark. We still have two more players to talk about. Owen Miller's been up and down. Uh, got, people got really excited by the spring performance and what he did in Triple A. Still not sure if he's gonna translate to be a major leaguer. He's kind of a fringy guy in terms of what he, the overall school skill school no, no nope skill set is. And you know, either way, they got another major league talent or guy who's at least on the fringes of being a major league talent. And then Joey Cantillo, who I argued was the second or third most important piece in that deal, uh, just got activated and added to Double uh, Akron. He's been hurt most of the year. He's going to be added the forty man. Really interesting left hander in system. All of that. They're going to pay Clevenger three point five million this year and eight million next year. They're going to pay him eleven point five million for one season of baseball. And the Indians got those six players. Greg Allen was like, oh, he's bounced around. Uh, last to check, Waldron is continuing to pitch well. I can do a quick double check and see if there's anything too special. But, I mean, right now, this one is shaping up to be a bit of a a fleecing, right? Like, you look at this deal, you don't want to put the Cologne deal on anyone just because I think Grady Sizemore, pre-injury, his comps by baseball reference were Duke Snyder and Barry Bonds. He was on the Hall of Fame track as much as any player has been. Cliff Lee went on to win uh, multiple Cy Youngs, at least one, right? And was a ace pitcher in that deal. And then Phillips may not have done it in Cleveland, but he was a multi-time All-Star. But if things work out for the Indians in this deal, they could have their multi-time All-Star up the middle, a la Phillips and Arias. Could be your ace pitcher in Cal Quantrill, much like Cliff Lee. And that Grady Sizemore, that's going to be the hard piece to find. But what happens if instead you get another starter in Cantillo, a solid outfielder? in uh, Naylor, and you know maybe a good utility guy in Owen Miller. That's not quite the Bartolo Cologne deal. Yes, I agree. But it's something close, which is kind of phenomenal when you look at what they got. And again, why? Don't doubt the Indians. Trust them. I went and dug out the tweets from a year ago. You can find them on my Twitter, at Jeff Draft, where I talked about the fact that like Cantillo and Quanchal are Indians pitcher types. These are the guys you want them to acquire. These are the guys who end up performing really well and that the Indians find another gear for. It certainly looks like that is the case. That certainly looks how it is played out. As for Waldron, if you're curious to go back around, he has got up to double-A this year where his walk rate is over four. He's getting hit a lot. He's been passable, but uh, does not necessarily look like a future major league player. The Astros paid a lot. And remember though, at the time, everyone was talking about Oh, the Nola deal was the better deal because of uh, Taylor Trammell and his ceiling, and he was the highest-rated uh, prospect that got traded. And the Indians passed on him twice in deals, uh, and even at the time, I talked about like don't get obsessed with top 100 rankings. The Indians got really good players; they got better players than if they had to take if they'd taken Trammell. Uh, and it certainly bears out. It certainly goes that way. You can find the recordings of my go dig out from a year ago, where I talked about that trade and I defended it to the Hilton. I thought it was a solid trade where I said, don't look at rankings. Don't look at how this is being perceived. It is a weird time for baseball. The world was sleeping on Gabriel Arias to a degree. And it certainly looks like it even more so. They did the fixing with Quantrell. They haven't had a chance to really beef up Canzillo yet because he's been hurt. This is the trade that's going to keep looking better and it is a trade they have already won. We're going to take a quick commercial break, come back and talk about a lot of maneuvering today uh, roster-wise and in the minors. So let's talk about the Spotify Green Room, aka the Locker Room app. Uh, we got about two more months of our working with them where I'm going to be every Friday night, not Friday night, Saturday night, going live. It's been a little bit late, uh, later of late because of New Baby, but I'm on there talking about the Indians. We have had some really interesting people. We had someone who used to work with the Indians hop into one of our chats. I mentioned we had someone who uh, jumped in uh, and was a big fan of Japanese baseball. We started talking about some Indians players who went over there. We've had uh, people from other states hop in and chat. We've had people who are fans of other teams. Just a fun time. It's a chance to, uh, you know, especially if you hit me up on Twitter, I'm more likely to let you chat just because, We want to keep it cool and chill in there, but the Matt Thinker joins me often, Uh, and sometimes he and I just chat for an hour about all things baseball and otherwise. It's taking the chat room to the next level. It's powering up. It's getting that new experience level where the chat room is our literal voices, where we chat and talk about everything, baseball, life, but a lot of baseball, mostly baseball. Join me there every Friday night. Check out Green Room and join me on Saturday nights. I keep saying Friday, Saturday nights in the Green Room app. Okay, let's talk about some of these roster and minors moves. So one of the things to talk about, let's talk about the roster move. Uh, Wilson Ramos, he, toward the ACL. He is done. So why did the Indians call up Jim Paul Gonzalez all the way from Lake County? Well, right now, uh, Ryan Laverneway and Gavin Collins, both the main catchers in AAA, are on the COVID list. So they don't have anyone there. Uh, Rene Rivera might make sense, but they do need someone who can also catch in AAA. Uh, Roberto Perez is in Double A, and then top prospects down there are Bo Naylor, who does not need to be added to the forty-man, so they would not want to do that, and um, Ryan Lavistida, blanket on my guy, who does need to be added to the forty-man, but they may not want to start his service clock. So you're looking to add someone who can come up and be a backup. Who's been a you know it's a reward for a guy who's done all the the groundwork as a former 20th round pick back in 2014. 25 years of age. He has bounced around, you know, the lower minors mostly. For them, been a backup. That has been his role. He's been a backup. Long short of it, he doesn't have COVID. He is not blocking anyone, and he is a player that, if he accumulates service time, you're. It's not going to be a big deal. And when it comes time to take him off the 40 man, it's not a big deal. He is a player that. Uh, It's great for him that he gets up there. It is a reward for all of the hard work this dude has put in. And it is also, it's easier to move on from him. You know, you're not dealing with service time. You're not dealing with uh, worrying about losing him to the waiver system. That's why you call him up. 25 years of age, has barely played in, oh no, he did get up to AAA uh, this year for uh, one game. He's mostly been in the lower minors, did have some in 2019 uh, in akron as well but he's mostly played in the lower minors for them it again it's a reward for doing the thankless job of being a backup and it's a guy where the indians don't have to worry about service time don't have to worry about uh you know if he gets lost in waivers best of luck to him when you move on uh let's talk about the other trade quote unquote from uh the 30th brad peacock traded the red sox for cash considerations I didn't bother to look at the comments because I'm sure there's people like Dolan's are cheap. And while I have uh, been someone who is not afraid to uh, bash uh, Dolan a little bit here and there as an owner as they've, you know, dropped to the lowest payroll in baseball, uh, this trade had nothing to do with that. Brad Peacock hadn't pitched particularly well in Triple uh, A. Uh, the Red Sox are fighting for their playoff lives, need pitching. You trade bet ba- brad peacock if you get two dollars uh it was my tweet it's not like you're trying to get anything here you're opening up space for some of your younger arms you're opening up a spot you know we've talked about in the minor leagues you now only have 180 players so this opens up a roster spot for a younger guy he was there as insurance they don't need that insurance uh guys like savale and Bieber are getting close to coming back uh his need as an insurance option is done trade him to somewhere else let him get a chance to pitch in the big leagues this year he has not been, like I said, particularly great in AAA. Uh, and it's just a roster spot you can better use on young players. It's It doesn't matter what you get. It's it's not to knock him. It's just you rather get those reps to a young player. It is overall organizationally addition by subtraction. Uh, so let's talk about the roster moves today. Because there were quite a few of them involving Columbus and Akron. So Eric Rodriguez gets transferred from Columbus to Akron. That one was a little bit weird to me. Uh, Angel Lopez from the developmental list to Lake County, which I believe they could add him from the developmental list to Lake County because of the Peacock trade open to spot. Uh, why Rodriguez is weird is because they also put uh, Roberto Perez in Akron. And we mentioned Collins and oh, uh, LaVarnway are both on the COVID list. So uh, Columbus is down two catchers to begin with. And Akron already has two young catchers, so that puts him at three catchers plus the <laughs> Perez, so four. Uh, Steve Kwan continues the promotion circuit. He's going from Akron to Columbus, but where is everyone going to play in Columbus? They're getting—all those outfielders are getting, you know, Call and Kwan and, and others. It's getting crowded in that Columbus outfield. Juan Hillman gets promoted from Akron to Columbus. Jose Fermin gets promoted from Akron to Columbus. Uh, they just keep loading them up there. Again, I'm like, where are all these guys going to be? There's so many good players. Uh, you know, interesting prospects that they're moving them up. I assume we'll see probably the day you're listening to this a bunch of other moves about guys who are going to get the move uh, from Lake County to Double A. Maybe even something like uh, Harold Ramirez getting a bump up uh, to work on some things in Double A instead of Low A. But yeah, they just uh, they keep the little pipeline going. It's going to be. Interesting to see who's going to start getting reps with all these players. But they've got some choices, some interesting, uh, like I said, talked about players. To me, of that group, for me, is probably the most interesting followed by Steve Kwan, if I'm being honest. And then let's talk about Frankie Lindor. So over on Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft, I put up a question. Uh, Right now, is Frankie Francisco Lindor... Does he have the biggest Albatross contract in baseball? I know that, you know, Will Myers and Eric Hosmer are pretty bad, but they're shorter. What you owe Francisco Lindor, does that make it the biggest Albatross? And I don't know if everyone caught it. I thought it was interesting. I want to read his quote. The media here, it's an honest one, Lindor said, and the fans here are honest. And the other places are very honest, but they keep themselves a little bit more kind of like me. Here, people are very honest and they let you know right away as soon as i come down to the dugout if i sucked if i made an error they let me know you suck uh so he had a whole situation where he put his thumbs down and then his statement was kind of like you know people are always honest but cleveland just kind of uh let me be a little bit more new york is a little more brutal i mean i how did he not know that i, I would think that anyone would have realized that uh, he he has struggled and he has continued to struggle and I'm not gonna get into this whole Rosario better uh, debate situation because Rosario's defense is so bad and Lindor's is still so good that it's uh, it makes it as you know something that's silly to argue about. But when you look at this, I mean, Lindor's digging that hole. I just I was curious. Go vote. Tell me, do you think he has the worst albatross contract in baseball? Uh, if you're curious about that right now. Uh, If I go and I look at this, I have 163 votes, 62% yes. So go check that out for yourself. Uh, We're going to take another quick break here. Come back and talk about the game in progress. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. and You've got your neighbor's best friend login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about Direct. You can learn more at DirectTV.com. That's DirectTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Let's talk about some Built Bar. Uh, they've been a long time sponsor and right now they have so many delicious flavors to check out over at BiltBar.com I always point out my health food app gives it an A for grade. My, uh, my stomach gives it an A for taste. It is the perfect bar. I've been eating these for like a year and a half and I am still enjoying them and right now the puffs are back I've talked about before I love their puffs I think these are some of the best things they have and they're bringing back the coconut marshmallow puffs over at builtbar.com they're also introducing the brand new peanut butter brownie ball and coconut almond ball they're trying something different I'm sure they're gonna be delicious but also nutritious 10 grams of protein in each of those balls and when you look at the bars those are at 18 and the puffs are at 17 I love the puff I love the texture I love the marshmallow It's only five grams of sugar. So you got three products, coconut, marshmallow uh, puff, coconut, almond, and peanut butter brownie balls. Those are going to go quickly. They always do. Plus you can still get the limited time of strawberry, orange, coconut, almond, and peanut butter brownie today. Go check it out for yourself. Like I said, the puffs have been my favorite, the churro puff in particular. While they don't have that right now, they do coconut so well over at BuiltBar.com. You cannot go wrong. Go check it out. BuiltBar.com promo code locked fifteen to get your fifteen percent off order. So much to try, so much to see. BuiltBar.com promo code locked fifteen. So let's talk about the Indians game here in progress. Currently beating the Royals by a score of three to nothing. Uh, we will call this. I mean, you have two choices. Either so far it is the Zach Plesac game or the Ahmed Rosario game. Plesac, as of recording, has gone five and one third innings with two hits, six strikeouts, no earned runs. Uh, we talked about throughout the course of this year, his lack of strikeouts has been his biggest issue uh, comparing this year to last year. Why? Last year he looked like a potential number two type, and this year he's been more of a five. He just isn't striking out guys. He's also been a little bit more home run prone. So far, he's keeping it all in the park. He's not walking anyone. That has been very consistent for him. Just the two hits in this one. The Indians have only managed six hits, and three of those hits belong to Med Rosario, who also had the inside-the-park home run to get that first run across. He actually has all three uh, RBIs. Again, RBIs are junk stat, but hey, he still has done that uh, for the Indians in this one. The other players with hits Owen Miller's got two, and then one to Miles Straw. The Indians have also managed two walks one to Bradley Zimmer, and one to Austin Hedges. We have to point out that uh, Jake Junis was a starter. Kyle Zimmer is currently in the game uh, pitching. And that means we might have the Zimmer brothers matchup. I need to go check the play-by-play of all innings feed to see if we got a Zimmer on Zimmer action. Uh, now, it, overall, the uh, problem, you know, I'm recording as it's happening, so I can't always see uh, what has occurred. I think it could have in the fourth. If I'm following the, the data here, right, looking at the box scores, Bradley Zimmer struck out in the fourth. That would have meant... Uh, as we dive... No, uh, Junus went four and two-thirds, fifth, so it would be the sixth inning. Let me go check and see if in the sixth inning we had any Zimmer on Zimmer, brother on brother issues. Uh He walked. Bradley Zimmer got a walk on his brother. Uh, Owen Miller uh, eventually got a single. This is a weird order of things. Uh, I'm just trying to go through because... Oh, because Owen Miller is out at second on the throw, uh, and that ended the inning Zimmer went to third but yes we did have Zimmer versus Zimmer Ahmed Rosario keeps hitting I don't again I would rather see him part of the uh, the outfield situation in a year that is just my preference it has been my preference for a while uh, three for three today the inside the park home run would give him his ninth on the year uh, defensively he's been a disaster shortstop that's why they kind of need to figure out a more permanent home for him at another position But he continues to hit. He continues to perform. His numbers this year are very much closer to his 2019 numbers, which was the hope. That was the best outcome, that what he did in 2019 was more true to form than what we saw in uh, 2020 for him in the weird year. We're just going to call it that and leave it be. Yeah, in 2019, he had a 99 runs created plus. This year, he's a 98, 287 average, 283, 323 on base, 324. 432 slugging, 409 this year. Very similar, you can see. Uh, even like his bat pip, 338 versus 341. Yes, those were all obscenely high, but uh, speed guys tend to have higher ones. I don't know if he's going to always be able to maintain one that high. But the strikeout rate, uh, 18.9, 19.8, very different from a 23.1 in the off year. Lock percentage, 4.7 to a 5.5, very different from that 2.7. So he's been roughly a league average player. It's interesting that the fan gra- shows Fangrass defensive metrics are not very good as the defense is a 5.1 for him it's positive grade his war is a 2.1 he's been about a league average player uh, in 2019 with the mets he was 2.7 so a little bit better in league average i just think you put him in the outfield maybe you get closer to three war and for a team that has been struggling to find anything in the outfield I, that's still where i would feel most comfortable with him going forward we do have to discuss. I mean, he makes 2.4 million. He could be. He's going to be in for a raise. Uh, you have him for 2022 and 2023. Only two more years of team control. That's also, you know, the length of time they have Jose Ramirez. Uh, do you? I don't know if if Ahmed is a, an extension candidate. Uh, we could discuss that. We could debate that. I, I don't know. I could see it either way but he is still going to also remain a trade candidate because they only have two more years of team control. And that's just the way things happen with this Indians team, uh, is that when they are kind of closer to a guy hitting free agency, and that could also be why he is playing so much short. Uh, Yeah, he's not playing it great, but if he's playing it well enough where he's getting enough of a tape to show he can at least be a passable shortstop who's gonna give you a solid bat, and You're going to get two years of control. That there could it, this could be a showcase. This could be a way to increase his value, because uh, again, it is uh, the biggest issue with him is just he's already burned through those years. You know, he's already this is this counts as year four. He's only got two years left. So that is something to uh, to keep in mind. But right now. Uh, Sorry, I, uh, I didn't realize game day gives you weird uh, in between innings ads, uh, so that threw me off when that popped up on my screen. But yeah, right now, stuff. please sack in six innings. He's up to a seventh strikeout, didn't allow a hit in the sixth. And the Indians are maintaining a 3 0 lead. Uh, it's This would put them a game over 500. Uh, we previewed the Royal Series on Monday, so you can go back and check that out. But that's what we have for today. You know, we talked about a lot. We talked about the Clevenger trade a year later. We talked about a bunch of mini moves, uh, big and small, minors and majors. We talked about a game in progress that the Indians should win if the bullpen can uh, not implode, which has been a problem for them of late. But as of right now, uh, you know, I didn't even look at what his pitch count is for Plesak. 85 pitches, so maybe you get one more inning out of him. I don't think they would go to two mornings maybe you can get through the seventh and you got shaw to class a that's how things set up shaw you never know it's going to be good it's going to be bad at least it'll be interesting right i've been jeff ellis this has been the Locked On indians podcast remember to rate and review download daily that really helps the show grow uh, you know either of those things are huge downloading daily would just be a huge jump to our numbers rating and reviewing on anything is helpful to uh, get us recommended to more people and continue to grow the brand, grow the audience, grow the show out. Uh, thank you all who do download daily and have left a review. It does mean the world to a smaller podcast like this. Once again, I've been Jeff Ellis. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Draft. Vote in my poll about Lindor. Uh, and for the next year, go Tribe. And after that, go, go Guardians, go.